This week on a special bonus episode of Ultra 64, we're looking back at 100 games. Were any of them good? Kinda. Some were alright. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Ultra 64. We snuck in a little bonus episode for you guys. In case you just stumbled on this by mistake, we are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. We go back and we play every single game in the Nintendo 64 library. My name is Steve Gunley. I'm Woody Siskowski. And, uh, yeah, we we just, a couple days, well, a couple days ago from when people are listening to this, we just (laughs) uh, wrapped our 100th game. Not our 100th episode. I think we should make that distinction. Yeah, but, sometimes uh, we play multiple games per episode. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were able to lump it all together into like 60-something episodes. Yeah, so, and so uh, the that's about a third of the entire catalog of the N64. Yeah, it's a nice. little over a third, yeah. yeah. It's, the N64 is nice that it has a pretty close to 300 release, so it makes it pretty easy to count. Yes, And we're almost yes. there. That helps me. I like having the round <laughs> numbers there. And it helps for our purposes today, because today we're going to be looking back at those 100 games that we played, and we're going to be handing out superlatives like we're a goddamn yearbook committee. Sharing, sharing the memories, handing out little gold imaginary statues. Ooh. They're also imaginarily platinum. They imaginarily make you fly. <laughs> they, they do everything in the world of imagination. I do honestly have some stickers around here. I might want to go down and put them all on my the games that we're talking about. <laughs> in <laughs> first for place for most expensive game, Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut. <laughs> I'm going to write my name in it in <laughs> celebration. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm sure that will increase the value. I've got a couple of old Blockbuster stickers that never come off. Uh-huh. Let's slap a couple of those on there to celebrate. Isn't that, isn't that the best? The big rental stickers on your oh, Mega God. Man X3 cartridge? I can't do I, it. I, yeah. I, have, I have those. You have I bought them when the uh, you know the video store was going out of business. And, I'm wondering and if there are any copies of Mega Man X3 that aren't damaged in some way. Because every I used to have one that had half of the label stripped okay. off. Okay, and then everyone I've seen like in the gaming stores and everything, they're all damaged in some way. <laughs> so I don't know why people were so rough <laughs> on that game physically. It's those a are the only game. ones that people trade in. Yeah, and people hoard their mint copies. They've got a really nice like mint copy somewhere in the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we each, we each cooked up a couple of little categories. We're going to go through and hand out uh, gold, silver, and bronze medals to uh, to each of those categories and uh, just kind of show a little love slash disdain to some of the games we've played. And, and in some cases, we're going to be refreshing our memories on these games at all. <laughs> I didn't. I always listen to people on podcasts, and they say, like, wow, I don't remember talking about that at all. And here we are, like, a little more than a year into the show, and I'm like, yeah, there's episodes I definitely don't remember doing. Yeah, the... So, the, the, the... The realm of the racing games and the fighting games are when things tend to blend together. They get a little foggy. They yeah. get a little foggy. Um, well, why don't you go first and give us... Well, give us... Let's, okay. let's start real quick with just a quick recap of each of our top 10 and bottom 10 games, just so people kind of know where we're working with. Um, <laughs> bottom 10 is so many. It's so many. Here, I'll yeah, re- so again, just yeah. I just want to repeat, we've only made it through a third of the system, yeah. so if our, to- if our top 10, you're like, hey, where is blankety-blank game? We probably, we probably haven't, haven't played, played it played yet. It. Yeah, or it's surprisingly bad. Yeah, or your taste is crappy it's true all right so um i'll kick it off my my top 10 uh number one banjo kazooie and then we're going to resident evil 2 tony hawk pro skater tony hawk's pro skater 2 pokemon snap 
Star Fox 64, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. That guy represents a lot of yeah. that top 10. Uh, number 8, Quake 2. Number 9, Mario Tennis. And number 10, Ogre Battle 64, colon, person of a lowerly caliber. Ogre Battle 64, colon. Yes. Um, and, uh, yes, your, your top 10. All right. Um, number 1 for me is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Number mm-hmm. 2 is Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Uh, 3, Banjo-Kazooie. And Star Fox 64, F-Zero-X. Mortal Kombat 4, Tony Hawk 3, Tony, and then Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Snowboard Kid, and then landing out the top 10 is Snowboard Kids 2. Mm. So, oh, and you also have Resident Evil 2 sneaking into your top 10. Oh, that's, oh, I thought, oh, I misread this list. Yes. An Excel spreadsheet, since you have a title there, it, it's true. it labels that as number 11. I yes. know, it's really annoying, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, all right, let's 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 move down to the bottom. So Tony Sorry. Hawk taking up six of our top 20 slots. I know, we need to like play more games and kind of thin that out a little bit. I mean, they're legit great. Like I, I can't feel too bad about them all being up there, but I just want a little more variety. Uh, my bottom 10, starting at number 90, going to... Well, yeah, well, I'll count down. I'll count down, okay. 90 through 100. Uh, number 90, PGA European Tour. 91, Penny Racers. 92, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. 93, Super Bowling. 94, NFL QB Club 2001. 95, NFL Quarterback Club 99. 96 is NFL Quarterback Club 98. (laughs) And guess what 97 is? NFL Quarterback Club 2000. I guess you might be able to say I didn't really like those games. Uh, 98 is Vigilante 8 Second Offense. 99 is Transformers, Beast Wars, Transmetals. And my bottom of the barrel game that we played so far is Dual Heroes. All right. Um, numbers, number 90 for me was Vigilante 8, Second Offense. Uh, 91 is Dual Heroes. I like Dual Heroes. Nine spots more than you did. <laughs> Which uh, is way more than it deserves yeah. still. Uh, PGA European Tour, NFL Quarter Black, Clo- Quarter Black Club. <laughs> um, that's, that is the racist offshoot. Um 2000, Hey You Pikachu, Elmo's Number Journey, Elmo's Letter Journey, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, Penny Racers, Super Bowling, Rugrats Scavenger Hunt, and Transformers Beast Wars Transmetals. Still the bottom. Yeah, still I the bottom. I think I mean. the thing that mo- most commonly you and I disagree on is you're willing to cut a lot more slack to things that are intended for children. Yeah, there like are Like the Elmo's games and, and the Rugrats game. And Hey You Pikachu. I mean, I wasn't that much nicer to Rugrats, but I was definitely nicer to Pikachu and Elmo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which are, I'm surprised to see them all in a row in your bottom <laughs> ten, because I'm like, you know, these are so inoffensive. I can't even, like, get too angry at them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's where we're at. And then all the other games we played are somewhere in the middle. And I still think our biggest disagreement on a game, as far as the, the rankings have gone, is still Earthworm Jim. Actually, 3D. I believe it was Forsaken. Is it Forsaken? Um, I, oh, because, yeah, I mean, I definitely had that pretty high. Yeah, I put that in the 50s, and I think you put that oh, at wow. number 13. Oh, that's true. So, okay, um, okay. Yeah. But let me see. I put Earthworm Jim at number 86. And for you, it was 38. Oh, that's... So, or, yeah. yeah, so that's... Okay. I think that's slightly bigger, but yeah, it's still... you're right. Yeah, and still that, close. that game, we, I think we agreed on sort of the baseline of it. It was just the these horrible boss the, battles. The amount of vitriol we yeah. felt towards that boss battle. And I, I mean, I agree with you. They're awful. I may have just been extra cranky that day and wanted to punish something. Well, they definitely know. make you rage. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so are we ready let's, to get into the awards? move on to our categories. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was Is me that... humming Here She Comes Miss America. It was not oh, accurate. I thought you were giving me like playoff music, like wrap it up music to get me on Oh, Like, no, wrap it up, wrap it up. That would be odd. All right. If I said, hey, Steve, let's get started, and then played you off. 
That would be very cool. I would cool. love that if like uh, award show hosts did that, like the most passive aggressive award show hosts of all time. Just like just as soon as somebody walks on the stage yeah. and like it's handed the award, the music just starts. Like they open their mouth and the music plays before they can say anything. And they cut the mic, which is what they do if it's going on for like an egregiously long time. Oh. They'll just cut the mic and somebody will push you off stage. So they should just do that immediately. While Emma Stone just looks confused and angry, <laughs> I uh, always yeah we all we always have a, a love for the person at the award shows who gives the shortest speech. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I still think the winner of that for all time. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I think the winner of that of all time is Morgan Freeman. Oh wow, uh, Million Dollar Baby. I think he just got up and said thank you very much. Nice. I think that was it. So class move, Morgan Freeman. Um, anyway, so we each picked a couple of categories. Uh, mine are a little more straightforward. <laughs> Yours are more interesting. Mine are just kind of like baseline. Well, stuff I'm a more interesting game. person. I mean, I think most people would agree with that. Uh, so let's start off with uh, my first one that I named, and I said best graphics. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to take us in with your bronze? My bronze. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I. I. Three. Having three of each might confuse me. So you oh. go. You go first with your bronze. We'll, will, we'll go from there. I'll, I will go first with. My I'll bronze. think quick. Okay, and I'll try and explain <laughs> myself in great detail. My bronze for best graphics is Ridge Racer sixty four. Whoa! Uh, yeah, a rare racing game sneaking into these yeah. uh, awards here. Um, that was a game I really liked, and I thought it mm-hmm. uh, it performed very well. It looked great, and I think I I think it really stuck with me because there's a lot of very blue sky and very green grass, and uh, I think we just played a series of yeah. like very muddy, muddy looking games that were kind of uh, dark before that. And... and this one just really popped. It moved at a great clip. Uh, I controlled very responsively, and uh, I think it was just really. A really pleasant game to look at. I liked that one a lot. Okay. Um, I will go ahead and I will give it to my bronze to Mario Tennis. Okay. Um, You know, the Mario aesthetic, I just, it's always fun when it's colorful and bright. And I like that game because it's very easy to see what's going on and the character animations and stuff. Yeah. Um, And like, I don't know. It just I feel like it's clean and it's what you want from a tennis game and it doesn't look bad by today's standards by any means. Not at all. Yeah. And I, I like that uh, the the different courts have different <laughs> Sorry, I got a call in <laughs> the middle right. of it. Uh, no, I like that the different courts have different like textures and the ball responds differently depending on what kind of court you're playing on. So that's definitely a good choice. Uh for silver for best graphics for me, I am gonna go with our old favorite. Mace the Dark Age. Ooh, nice. That, I mean, say what we... I think we kind of landed on the fact that, like, all right, this is a medium uh, fighting game. Yeah. Uh, With a great title, though. The great title. A great, oh, that should have been one of our... We're making a new category right now. Mace the Dark Age Award for best title goes okay. to Mace the Dark Age. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the next 200, we'll have to, like... Uh, we'll figure out what that'll be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, Mace looks great. Plays great. I mean, it, it's... I like how substantial the character models are. Uh... I remember there being, like, reflections coming off of the armor, like suits of armor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's impressive for the N64. And they're, they're very, like, big, meaty characters, and you've got some great... Like, there's lots of action going on in the backgrounds of the stages. So, Mesa Dark Age. If, if nothing else, it looks great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give my silver to Resident Evil 2, Ooh. which is, um, you know, it has these pre-rendered backgrounds where it kind of looks photorealistic, mm-hmm. and it means that it's sometimes hard to see items that are there to pick up, but it still looks really good. Yeah. Um, it's definitely probably the most realistic-looking game for the N64. Absolutely. Um, you know, the animation on the zombies and the characters isn't fantastic, but uh, it it looks... 
I mean, it, it's a dark game, but mm. you you know you want it to be dark, and uh, I don't know. I think it looks it looks clean. I agree. I I almost put it in this top slot, and then. I went much more boring, but I think it's kind of hard to argue with my gold medal winner for best graphics, and that's Banjo Kazooie. Sure. Uh, I mean, the game looks great. It, it it pops. It's it's really colorful. It's really bright. Uh, frame rate keeps up for the most part, unless there's like yeah. just a lot of shit going on. Then you see a little bit of chugging. But now, I, I mean, think from a technical standpoint, I think that Donkey Kong sixty four is a superior looking game. But I'm going to side with you and agree. I think Banjo-Kazooie has more levels that are brighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, even the murky levels, like the underwater yeah. one, like like they're they're intentionally murky and they're murky in an interesting way, you know. And uh, yeah, I would I would kind of give the edge to Banjo-Kazooie over Donkey. Donkey Kong looks good too, but it also it's just kind of overwhelmingly yellow. Yeah. Like, everything in that game is very, very yellow, even That's the cartridge. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely feels like, I mean, certainly it's just sort of a retread of the feel of Banjo. Which yeah. Which kind of yeah, definitely. has that art style first. All right. So my award is going to be the game that I had fun playing for exactly an hour and not oh, wait, one second more. Oh, my. Graphics? Dang it. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm bad at right. this. That's all right. That's all right. All right. My one-on-one graf- graphics is F-Zero X. Oh. Um, interesting it, choice. A, from purely, it doesn't look fantastic. Like the actual models of the cars and a lot of the backgrounds are just kind of vague, abstract color. Mm-hmm. But this game runs at an amazingly high frame rate, and it does so with no chugging, even in the four-player mode, mm-hmm. um, which is totally what you want from a game that is all about going fast. And I think that simplistic style of it is, I mean, that's a choice. That's an mm-hmm. active choice, and it's a smart choice. We talked about it on the episode mm-hmm. how, like, the competitive, the other two games we played in that series were Arrow Gauge and Wipeout 64, yeah. and both of those were struggling to keep up. And yeah. F-Zero was the only one who really delivered on the speed that we were looking for in exactly. those games. And it, it's nice because there's not all that other stuff distracting you. Yeah. Um, you know, because when you're going back to play these old games, you're not going to be playing them to, you know, get a graphical feast. No. You're no. going to... And so that game to still run smooth and be playable is a very impressive achievement. It is definitely one of the games that we've played that, like, I would still recommend people pick up and play today. Like, yeah, Because, yeah, the graphics aren't as important, but they are at the same time. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I like that pick. All right. So, again, I'm going to repeat. Now we're moving Please. on to my category. Yes, your categories are more abstract, so you have to explain them to me. Game I had fun playing for an hour, but not one second more. So... <laughs> Yeah, for most of these games for the episode, we usually play them for just about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes getting to that hour can be a slog, but sometimes it's a lot of fun. Um, and these games, and sometimes an hour isn't quite enough. But mm. these games, for this category, an hour is exactly enough. Yeah, it was okay. the right amount of time to play. Um, and um, I certainly wouldn't want to own it. I didn't feel excited to play it more, but I was glad that we played it for an hour. Perfect. Um, let's see. And unfortunately, I, I only have one of these. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I, I um, let me. I can. Do you want? Do you want a second? Yeah, what, I can. You I go can, ahead uh, and give one. I'll. I'll see yeah. if I can. Uh, My bronze award for this one, I'm giving to Fighting Force sixty four. Oh yeah, nice. Which I think uh, most beat 'em ups for me would fall into this category. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoy them as long as my quarters last in the arcade, <laughs> or just until I get bored. And I think uh, Fighting Force is dumb and uh, energetic and s- 
like it, it it wears out its welcome after that hour, like almost the minute after that. Hour. This is almost the closest to that definition that you were saying. But, yeah, uh, and you yeah. can get you can get pretty far in it. Yeah, um, in that, yeah. I think that was one of the ones we got closest to beating. Um, all right, well, so I'll give my bronze here to the Rampage games. Oh, good uh, call. Rampage World Tour and Universal Tour. These are basically beat 'em up games where you play as giant monsters, um, you know, climbing buildings and eating people. They're essentially devoid of difficulty because you have infinite continues, which, um, at least in Rampage World Tour, I think you do. I believe which so. Which is nice um, because you wouldn't want to play this game for much longer. But it's, with three people, it's a lot of fun to see the different landmarks and experiment um, with the different food you can eat and stuff like that. Um, yeah, probably it's more of I, you enjoy playing one for half an hour and then the next one for half an hour. And then you're definitely ready to be done. I think if we had a category for best game to play while drunk, uh, mm-hmm. that Rampage might rank yeah, pretty the, highly for yeah, me. Yeah, the ability to uh, kick... And have friendly fire against each other is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It's really funny if you're inebriated, and uh, and it doesn't require a lot <laughs> from yeah, you physically. that's true. So that's that's a nice choice. Um, my silver award for this, the game I had fun playing for an hour and not one second more, goes to Gauntlet Legends. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that was fun. I mean, I think we struggled a little bit with the four-player multiplayer on that, even though that's ostensibly how, what the game is designed <laughs> for. It made it slightly less fun for me, but I've actually gone back and played on single player and uh, or and just like two player a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a fun way to play it. Like it does, it ha- does a really impressive job of integrating RPG elements into a pretty much straight up action game. Yeah. In terms of your character levels up, you can upgrade their stats. There's lots of different items to collect, um, and so it's sort of a weird balance when you try to play it four player because it's really hard to keep track of things like stats. Yeah over a four-player game when you all just want to go and shoot at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you play it with one or two, you can spend a little more effort, like, okay, what's our next thing we have to do? Where have we searched? And stuff like that. Yeah. Um, all right, I will give my silver of games that I was happy to play for an hour to the Cruisin' series. Okay. Cruisin' World, Cruisin' Exotica, Cruisin' USA. Um, these games are fairly bland racing games, but they have a sort of fun California surf vibe to them. Yeah. Um, and they... As they go on, they get goofier and goofier, um, especially Cruising Exotica, which where... Which is, like, glitching and broken. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which kind of makes it more fun. Yeah, and so um, it's fun to see these sort of different levels and, oh, what's this level like? And once you play it once, you kind of realize all the levels are basically the same yeah, because it much. has a very simple track mechanic. Mm. Um, but it's nice to at least play through each level once, and it you know they're fun with multiplayer, and they're fun to see all of the goofy, weird stuff in Exotica. Yeah. I love it. I wish Exotica was a real continent. That we could <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so I will give my gold award to the game I had fun playing for an hour, and I feel like this is the gold standard for this uh, international track and field. Yep, I, I would. This is also my gold. This is, yours this as well. is the okay. gold medal. For, this is the one. Yeah. I feel like this is the one. The ca- we could just rename this the international track and yeah. field category. Yeah. Uh, because. I think this is a really good game in exactly that amount of time. Like you, it's it's really it, we had a lot of fun. Like all three of us had a lot of fun. We played with Nicole with and yeah. yeah, so it's as these track and field games has been the case since the NES games. Mm-hmm. They're just built around slamming buttons as hard as you can and then timing your jump or something to do well in the event. Yeah. And it's perfectly timed because I think I don't remember there were maybe like 10 or 13 events in this game. 
and you could play through about all of them with three people in about an hour. Yeah. And so yeah. you, you know, it would be a fun contest. You get a group together and you're like, okay, we're going to play through every event here and then total your score. Yeah. And things like that. And they certainly, your arm gets sore and they get repetitive. But in that setting, they're they're good. Another I good one to play. I seriously did have forearm cramps after that episode. <laughs> yeah. Like worse than. But, uh, oh, the swimming game was awful. Oh, God. It. That was torturous. Yeah. But I also feel like sometime I want to be really mean and break that game out at a party. Yeah. And just see what people. How people react to it because i yeah, think and that's the key i think with most good multiplayer is um something that's simple to play mm. and easy to wrap your head around yeah and doesn't give you a ton of advantage for sort of like fighting games are tough fighting games are often regarded as like these are great multiplayer games but they're not because you can only play them with other people who you know yeah. know the special moves and things like that right and yeah. i think that's why smash brothers has had so much success is because mm-hmm generally most people can play it you can pick it up and play it yeah you can figure it out your skill level may vary but anybody can pick it up and play it all right so that was the game we wanted to only play for an hour i like that category a lot Uh, i'm going to move on to my next boringer category which is best music uh and i will kick us off with my bronze award it's a recent one it's forsaken 64 uh which yeah, our, our opinions differed on that one, but I feel like uh, we all kind of came down on, like, the music kicks in that game. Yeah. Uh, it's very distinctive, it's very weird, and you get a different track with every level. Uh, it doesn't just sound like the usual driving, like, techno music like you have in Wipeout or something like that, which, blasphemy and apologies to Ollie. I know he was really <laughs> upset when that was dogging on the music in that, but that was just kind of like low-res remixes of Chemical Brothers songs, and each one of these in Forsaken sounded like its own unique track like i feel like i would listen to this album you yeah. know um and uh yeah yeah for second 64 um all right well i will also give that my bronze um, okay because i agree that game did music was definitely a highlight of it um i'll give my silver to f-zero x again okay. um f-zero showing we, up a lot yeah um again that game really caught me by surprise with how much i enjoyed it i'd played it before but i forgot how good it was um so whereas um forsaken goes with a little more um electronic sounding mm-hmm. um f-zero just kind of goes with a more metal theme speed metal yeah. um which is exactly what you want from a game built around going really fast um none of the tunes necessarily stick in your head um but they're all exciting yeah and they definitely like get you going to do another race i think it has a very distinctly like anime kind of sound to it mm-hmm. that i really liked i mean and that's kind of it's kind of the aesthetic of the game, too, but I don't know. It felt like the opening credits to an anime game. Uh, okay, wait. I'm sorry. I realized I messed up my list. That's going to be my bronze. That's going to be your so, bronze. yeah, I have okay. two more. So. Okay, okay. Uh, here, I'll jump in on uh, my silver for best music, uh, which uh, might be sacrilege compared to what you just said, but I'm going to say Arrow Gauge. Oh, wow. Well, I, I really... I don't remember one bit of sound from Arrow I, Gauge. I remember really liking the music from Arrow Gauge because it sounds like a super nes game oh that's right it had that cool like low res midi kind of sound it it sounded very uh distinct and interesting well that's uh, cool we got all three games from that episode in our music category did we yeah oh oh, yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah so i guess not not we didn't do wipeout we talked about wipeout yeah Yeah. but uh yeah i don't know i i I liked the music a lot in arrow gauge and yes i i think i'm the only arrow gauge defender on the show in any (laughs) sense but uh yeah yeah um, all right, I'm going to get my silver to Tetrisphere, which is a game I liked a lot more than you did. It's um, true. 
That game has a really cool sort of ambient um, kind of soundtrack that really is kind of spacey yeah. and gets you in the zone for kind of just like moving quickly but sort of um, zoning out and following these puzzle things and just puts you in sort of a good headspace that really matches the graphics and aesthetic of that game. Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. My gold medal winner for best music, I'm going to burp real quick, and that's not going to be part of it, <laughs> is my burps. Yes. It's Steve Gutley. <laughs> it's Conquer's Bad Fur Day. No, yeah. it's not. Uh, Conquer got pretty annoying pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, my number one is uh, Ogre Battle 64. Oh, wow. Uh, I think I'm a sucker for pseudo-orchestral uh, JRPG music. And N64 is very much lacking in oh, this. Oh, yes, so it really is. That's the a good one point. true, like, classical JRPG on the system is Ogre Battle 64, and I think they really went for it. And uh, it's it's covering a lot of ground just on that. That one game has to do a lot of heavy lifting. Yep. But uh, I really like the score on that a lot, and I think it's it's perfectly epic and uh, great. All right. Well, this next one, I think, is a bona fide. This is uh, my gold for music. This is a bona fide classic in video game music is Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. Um, I thought about squeezing it in there somewhere, and then I'm just like, you know what? It's, you gave it graphics. I gave it graphics. Yeah, I gave it graphics. but I, I've I've listened. I owned the soundtrack for Banjo Kazooie. I Do believe really? I got it as a subscriber renewer bonus for renewing my subscription to Nintendo Power, and I have listened to it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> it is just so cheery and upbeat the whole time, and definitely the um, the snow level, the Freezy's Easy Peak, with kind of a Christmas theme, yeah. is one of the all time great video game music tracks. I will agree um, with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it it yeah. really, they just, that game has such an amazing um, and consistent aesthetic to it. Yeah. Like the graphics and the sound all line up so well. It's and very, just so yeah, colorful it's a very cohesive and fun. package. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah, that's a really good show. I've, I regret not fitting that in there somewhere because now I'm thinking back on all these tracks in Banjo Kazooie and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Because I mean, I think I was just thinking of like, uh, the the weird grunting dialogue and stuff oh, like that. Oh, sure. We're of not like, going with sound here. Kind of annoying sound design, but uh, yeah, no, I I, I think uh, Banjo Kazooie is great. In it's music. good, yeah. It's good to reach out to some of these games that get a little less attention. Um, speaking of games that get less attention, we're going to move on to my second category here, which is the worst game with an inordinate amount of story or with modes and story. Okay. So I think I understood. Yeah. This so the explanation so yeah. here. Is this is a game that is not very fun to play. It is not a well put together game, but it, the developers seemed confident enough in it to sort of shovel content in it. Yeah. So the you know a lot of crappy games were just clearly like a throwaway. Like oh we'll put together this sort of crappy thing, um, and there's no real effort shown anywhere. Okay. But in this category, it's games where the gameplay is kind of a failure, but it's clear that the developers thought they were onto something and they put effort into like, oh, we'll get these other multiplayer modes and mini games and um you know, all this backstory to the different characters. Okay. So that's I, the I, idea here. I feel good about my choices now. I think okay. I, I think I got this category right. Great. Uh so I will say my bronze for this category is uh Super Bowling. Okay. Terrible game, but if you open up that main menu, man, you've got a shitload of stuff to do. I mean, and, you know, and for just a bowling game. For just a like... bowling game, you've got a story mode, and you've got like a multiplayer mode, you've got a co-op mode, you've got all these different ways to go in and customize your avatar and name your characters. And they put so much more uh, into the display of the game than to the actual game, which is like, how do you fuck up bowling? <laughs> but they really fucked up bowling. Uh, so, yeah, super bowling right there. Nice. Um I'm going to give mine to uh, 
Deadly Arts, which Deadly I believe, Arts. if I remember this game correctly, this was one of the one we all played. Everything was grouped in. This had the ability hmm. to sort of customize your character um, and give sort of different heights and kinds of attacks. It really had a lot of like learn all the intricacies of this game, um, but the game was not fun enough to justify any of this. I'm remembering like. Yeah. If you play the training mode, don't you start off with like not being able to do any? Combos, that's right. That's what I'm thinking. Them of. By losing, yeah. yes, your character can sort of only punch and kick, and right. then as you beat guys, you gain the ability to do like a couple extra combos, which is just it doesn't sound. I don't know if it sounds fun, but it's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, imagine a fighting game where you have no moves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting in theory. Yeah. So I think that's a good that's a good qualifier for this uh, category. Yeah, the interesting in theory category. Uh, for my number two, I'm going to say Rugrats in Paris, uh, which is basically just a mini game collection with like a big overworld of a amusement park, mm-hmm. and uh, all the mini games are bad and hard to play and uh, not memorable in any way. But there's a shitload of them. There's a lot of variety <laughs> in this little dumb game that only has a tangential uh, connection to the movie from which it is based. Um, and it was the least offensive Rugrats game we played. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, Rugrats in Paris. Uh, lots, to, lots to do. No reason to do it. All right. I'm going to give my silver here to the game Battlezone Rise of the Black Dogs, mm-hmm. um, which I think we probably rated a little highly because we were confused by it and didn't quite understand how many mechanics were going on in this game um it's a it's a port of a uh, pc game called Battlezone, which was sort of a, both a tank game and a sort of real-time strategy tactical game um mm. all going on at once um and it's very difficult and confusing to manage on the nintendo 64 but it has a lot of, um, you know, this backstory of these warring factions out in space and these sort of missions that you have to do. And I think it's all a little too confusing and challenging to really want to dive into on a console. Um, I'm sure it's a great game on PC, but um, it just doesn't play great on a console. And so to have all these other modes in here is a little much. I agree. I agree so much, in fact, that that is actually my gold for that category. Okay. Battlezone, Rise of the Black Dogs, big confusing mess. I think I, I like your assessment that we rated it highly just because we couldn't understand. We're like, we, we think seeing. there's something going on yeah, here, but yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think you. I think you hit the hail, nail on the head with that one. The hail on the Ned. Hit the hail on the Ned. It's uh, when it rains right. on Flanders' house. And number one for me is the game, your bottom game, Dual Heroes. Ooh. This was the origin of this category. Um, this is sort of a weird 3D sort of arena one-on-one fighting game with sort of Power Rangers-esque knockoffs. Yeah. Um, but this game has an amazing amount of backstory. This game, I would say the for how bad this game is, is like I said, this is the, your bottom list. It's mm. close to my bottom. Um, it has probably the most backstory of any game we played. And uh, it was all like, I remember trying to research this and just like my eyes were hurting. I'm just like, what, what are they saying? Yeah, it's what some is happening? crazy future sci-fi. Every character has a bio. There's a weird sort of other mode where you're sort of is mimicking like you're playing against computers in the arcade. Mm-hmm. And so there's like computer characters playing the game as the game characters. And it's just it's weird that all this stuff is in the game. There's a story mode. Um, all this stuff is in the game, but yeah. the game itself is just so unfun to play. It's uh, unbearable. <laughs> and, and that was sort like... of 
I, I, I get a mild like migraine behind my eye just thinking about it. And I think that's the explanation for our, our difference in the rating. I think we both agree it's a pretty awful game, but I just really got a kick out of how much weird effort was put into like building up all this sort of uh, lore behind the duel. Like they're I mean, going to release action figures. As, right. I, I just like to imagine this person like this game's <laughs> going to be huge. It's going to be this big deal. Everyone's going to be wanting all the du- dual hero merch and the licensing movies and all of this. And so they're just typing up all this backstory for their Pink Ranger knockoff. <laughs> I mean, to me, like anybody who's ever tried to write fiction will understand this. To me, it felt like. Uh, they took their unfinished drafts that were just like clogging up their word processor and just uh, tossed it on the game. Yeah. It's like, um, all right, this story is like, I'm a paragraph in. I wasn't really feeling it. All right, you're in. You're in. So that's what it felt like to me. Uh, but yes, all right, that was a good category. Uh, my next boring category is biggest surprise. And note, I didn't say good or bad surprise. I just said a game that surprised you. And uh, to that degree, I am going to start off my bronze with... Biggest surprise, Star Wars Racer, or Star Wars Episode mm. One Racer. Uh, and this was kind of a bad surprise for me because uh, this was a game I grew up with and I really loved playing it when I was a kid. And then I came to it as an adult and it was very floaty and very slow and very underwhelming and uh, just kind of blah. And it, it just didn't control very well. And there was really bad draw distance. The multiplayer was terrible. Yeah, so that one wound up being a big disappointment. And that's one that a lot of people still stand by. It's like one of the best on the system. And yeah. uh, I think if people were to revisit that, they'd be uh, unpleasantly surprised. Nice. Um, my bronze medal for surprise is for International Track and Field 2000, mm. in which I beat you and Nicole in a race. You did. Being as you guys both run, um, no, Nicole more often, yeah, yeah, yeah. but more more distance, I suppose. She's more of a distance um, runner, And yeah. so I was just impressed with me and my lazy ass was able to sprint. I was. It was impressive. Yeah. It was impressive. You were really fast, yeah. And uh, you were even faster than Nicole when she was like letting the dog pull her. <laughs> pull her. So, yeah, which actually made her slower. Somehow. That was my my gold bronze medal surprise. That was a good surprise. That was a good surprise. Uh, my uh, silver level surprise. I'm bringing it up again. Forsaken sixty four. Uh, yeah. This was a game I liked a whole lot, and we knew so little about it going in that we mm-hmm. actually had to farm out uh, descriptions of the game to our wonderful audience. Yeah, did a great uh, job. You guys, you guys delivered amazingly. Uh, I did not expect to like this game. I didn't know what it was. Even when I started playing it, I wasn't sure what it was. Uh, it just feels very weird and very different, and uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. All right. Um, my number two surprise is something. Um, I believe you. All right, I'll give it this. I'll mm. give it Conker's Bad Fur Day. Um, okay. I had been gradually playing through Conker's Fur Day for probably a decade mm. um, and just sort of gradually frustrated with it, and I finally had made it through right before we recorded the episode. And I guess my surprise is that this game is so beloved. Um, yeah. Uh, because yeah, so many that. of the single-player modes are just a slog. Um, there's so many very frustrating moments in the game where you're like, is this really the way the game is supposed to work? I keep yeah. dying randomly. And uh, I mean, it's one that we still both rated like relatively mm-hmm. highly because we you can't really deny its uh, uniqueness and, and its, production, its values. production values and everything like that. But yeah, I agree that a lot of it is just kind of unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so my gold award for the biggest surprise. We're gonna surprise. have to rename this one too, I bet. Uh, probably uh, Quake Two. Yep. Yeah. Quake, Quake, Quake Two award for yes. biggest surprise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I came into this one with zero expectations, and uh, 
I mean, the single player is great. The multiplayer is excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a real surprise. Yeah, and, and this is this is yeah. not a game that you hear about when people talk about shooters on the system. You know, it no. sort of starts with Goldeneye and then goes to Perfect Dark, and people are like, "Those are the shooters on the system." And it, uh, this game stands yeah, with stands those with in terms of execution and quality. Um, and it's probably cheaper than those others yeah. if you're looking for it. So yeah, it's th- got a I cool think... sci-fi aesthetic, which mm-hmm. if that's something you're more into, it's a little more violent than those games. Yeah. Um. So that's a lot that it has going for it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. That's that's one that I've actually like stuck with and kept playing after the episode. A lot of these, like I'll play them and then forget about them. But that one I stuck with it for quite a while. Um, really enjoyable. All right, and the next one, my third and final category is the bad game or mode that I actually kind of liked. Yeah, um, yeah, I liked this category. Yeah, so you know we have a list here. Um, we try to. I don't know. We try to be realistic about stuff, but occasionally we'll play something. We're like, that wasn't very good, but we had a lot of fun with it. And so that's what this category is about. Um, That's perfect. Do you want to kick us off? Oh, sure. Um, So I will give my silver or my bronze, bronze is first, Mm. to um, Mortal Kombat Mythology (laughs) Sub-Zero, which is a awkward platformer used um built with the mortal Kombat engine mm-hmm. um but your character can turn in both directions and it's a very awkward badly designed frustrating game um the first level has lots of pillars that come down and kill you instantly oh, which is God. never any fun um, and it requires you to like inch your way past them and yeah. uh the game is not controlled like that it controls like a fighting game you don't inch anywhere yeah yeah imagine playing a platformer a precision platformer using up to jump in the Mortal Kombat jumping animation. You know what it is? It's Batman uh, Batman Forever. It is. For arcades, yeah, that's what it oh, is. And that was yeah. also for Super Nintendo. Oh, and Super that game yeah, yeah, yeah. had been a pull from, they used the Mortal Kombat engine for that. Yeah, so I don't know if we game. made that connection in the episode, but like I was thinking about it. It's like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> this wildly overcomplicated Batman And that game is terrible. Game. Oh, it's unplayable. Um, this game is also terrible, but it's slightly less terrible than that one. It's and, more interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I just really like the Mortal Kombat aesthetic, as you can tell by me having two MK games in my top ten. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like this game, you made the comparison to Mortal Kombat kind of has a feel of like a cheapo 80s canon film yeah. of them just sort of throwing in whatever they can think of, like military dudes and ninjas. And so I think it's sort of a cheapo Mortal Kombat game still kind of works because it feels like a B-level game. I really hope if they, I mean, I'm sure they're going to make another Mortal Kombat movie at some point. I really hope they lean into that and, mm-hmm. like, make that the point. Like, I want it to look like it was shot on a handheld video camera from the 80s. Yeah. I want I want A-list actors wearing homemade costumes in their backyard. <laughs> yeah. That's the Mortal Kombat movie I desperately want. Uh, my bronze for this category, bad game that uh, I still kind of liked, uh, goes to Scooby-Doo Classic Creep Capers. Nice. Uh, think a childish Resident Evil with a somehow worse camera, <laughs> and you're close to what the Scooby-Doo game yeah. is. Um, but we played it, like, and we we were we were really getting invested in trying to get past these classic creeps and uh, <laughs> the classic creeps, these classic creeps. And uh, I just I also just had a lot of fun with that episode, like making our fake Scooby Doo. Uh, I mean, it wasn't fake. We found that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That so Scooby Doo. Nice. Yeah, that that's a good point when you say. Um... You know, it's a Resident Evil for kids, which yeah. sounds weird, but it's actually kind of a cool, unique thing that most games haven't capitalized I on. I like that Like idea. the wandering around and puzzle solving is, I think, a good... I think that formula aesthetic. applies well to, like, non-horror things or, like, light horror things like Scooby-Doo. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to give uh, the 
the next one uh, t- to Earthworm Jim 3D for oh, my no. silver. I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, it's I. I really dislike this game, and it bugs me, and it's such a disappointment compared to Earthworm Jim 1 and 2, Mm. Um, and it's so sad that essentially it killed off the Earthworm Jim franchise, but with all that said, it's cool that Dan Castellaneta is doing the voice. There's still some weird levels. I really... There's a fun nacho cheese level, Mm. Um, and... You know, it's it's a competent 3D platformer with that with a sort of cool, goofy aesthetic. So I'll take more Earthworm Jim where I can get it, even if it's in this crappy, crappy game. And um, yeah, and you're right, totally hampered by um, the boss levels. It's it's one of these games that just has a couple very bad parts, which just prevent you from playing further. The the main actual gameplay, the level by level gameplay, is competent. Yeah, and it's it's fine and it, it plays pretty well. Like you can you can get past. All that stuff. Like, yeah. And the humor of it is enough to keep you playing, but those bosses kill. Yeah, and as absolutely. you get later, there's definitely a couple levels where you have to do some really tricky platforming that's not a whole lot of fun. Yeah. But... Uh, so my silver in this category is from NBA in the Zone oh, 2000. Oh, you took my goal! Oh, no! That's okay. The so, dun- on the specifically yeah, slam the dunk, dunk contest. The slam dunk contest. It is... Uh, I mean, it's some of the funniest shit we've stumbled on in this entire show so far. It's so inept. Yeah, if you find NBA in the Zone 2000 at your local store, and you probably will find it. They probably have eight copies of it. They will give it to you. They don't want it It's definitely worth your $3 Yes, um, for the slam dunk mode. I mean, here, it's your number one. I'll let you go a little more. Yeah, Yeah, so it's just a throwaway mode in this sort of, uh, you know, not all that interesting basketball game. Um, But the controls are just baffling it's so unclear you wouldn't think that a slam dunk mode in a game would be so complicated <laughs> no but your character is sort of standing outside the key and you're like okay i'm gonna press the button to run and you can't figure out how to get him to run nope. and then you'll press the button and he'll start running and you're like okay now he's gonna jump and he doesn't jump and he just sort of runs through the hoop yeah it, it's i mean I, I i lost my shit when you just like went running off the court and into the pole <laughs> like or when uh, uh i think josiah like did a shot where he just jumped in the air and dropped the ball on his foot yeah or you jump and then your character just lands and doesn't actually drop the ball i mean it's like four different sets of controls it's like you have a running mechanic then you have a jumping mechanic then you have a mechanic to move your arms and then you have a mechanic to aim and you have to do you just have to intuit all that. Yeah, I think we played that we each tried this four times, three or four times between us. So that is yeah. twelve runs mm-hmm. with people who've played many video games and we could none of us could get the ball to go in the hoop. Not a single time. No. It's, and I feel like maybe it's one of those things like once we get it, once it clicks, we'll be really good at it. But then the magic will be gone. The magic Steve. will be gone. <laughs> I think it's yeah, that's why I don't even really want to touch it anymore. I think it's just a little perfect bubble. <sighs> Uh, so my uh, gold in that category for bad game that I kind of enjoyed goes to Hey You Pikachu. Oh no! Uh, there's nothing else like it on the N64. There's very little else like it out there Thankfully. at all. Uh, it's aggressively adorable, and I just got a real kick out of how surly uh, Pikachu got anytime I talked to him. Like he really. Oh. Uh, took issue with the sound of my voice. That was fun when Emma and I would talk to him and he would sort of follow us around. They and he was like, all right, Steve, your turn. And then you would say, Pikachu, like, go Pikachu, over there. Pikachu, come and, play with me. And, and he, he would just get angry. He would get angry or walk away. <laughs> or sometimes I would say, I would throw a speech bubble at him and it would just bounce off his face and make like a glass clinking sound. Like, so, yeah, it, it got a lot of giggles out of me. And uh, it, it earns points for cuteness and for just being unique. Sure. 
doesn't earn points for being very good, though. No, <laughs> but not I at guess all. that's why it fits this category. Exactly, exactly. It's, that's him saying. I don't know. It feels like they could go back to. I well, the voice recognition thing kind of came and went, huh? Which it, I'm fine with it. Yeah, winting. It was always a pretty silly. They always tried to put it on handheld mechanics. Yeah, They're yeah, like yeah. your DS. Like just shout into your DS. And you get the mechanic. It's like you know that I'm playing this game on the bus, right? Right. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, you're gonna be that person, like just sitting alone in the bus, like Pikachu, yeah. Pikachu. It's kind of why I had to stop playing Nintendogs too. Like, uh, well, I, I gave Nicole Nintendogs for Christmas one year, and she was trying to name the puppy and trying to teach it its own name. But teaching its own name entailed her yelling into the DS for like repeating the same name for like half an hour and i'm getting like repetitive stress like upsetness and i'm just like oh god okay okay let's put this game away <laughs> oh i hate it i hate this cute little puppy that doesn't know its name and then yeah. you replaced it with real puppies that, that don't know, know their, their names. names and fucking eat batteries yeah <laughs> my dogs are idiots uh we got two more we got two more categories do you want to uh, you, I, i'm more? out of categories you, category? you, you carry oh, okay. carry us in oh okay well we we talked a little bit about best multiplayer and weirdest game all right well let's do those let's say so best multiplayer uh my bronze on that is going to mario tennis okay uh a lot of what we talked about already we talked about with mario tennis okay. um but it's it's just it's responsive and it's fun and you know, video games have their roots in tennis, and uh, I feel like it's just a medium that adapts really well. Even that other, like, kind of mediocre all-star tennis game was still pretty fun to play. So. Yeah. Um, I hate to do this, but we haven't played a lot of the great multiplayer games for the system it's yet. true. So I'm giving my bronze to Mario Party. Okay. Um, I Mario Party is annoying and frustrating, but at least you can all be annoyed and frustrated together. It sort of gives you a shared experience to be angry at Mario Party. Very true. Um, and also, what kind of a sociopath are you if you're playing Mario Party by yourself? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's insane. A Mario Party is built for multiplayer. And it is at least else. nicely configured that anyone can win. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you don't have to be good at it. You just have to you land on the to, most green space. You don't have to win to win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my uh, uh, silver on best multiplayer is Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Ooh. Uh, which I know you kind of talked about how like uh, uh, multiplayer two one one on one fighting games yeah. don't always work, but I had fun playing that. And uh, I mean, you guys, you and Scott were both way way better at this game than I was, uh, but I still enjoyed it. And, yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat is nice because at least in those old games, all of the characters have the same basic moves, mm-hmm. like the same way that they punch and kick. Um, so it's very easy to swap from one character to another yeah. and um, know how that's working. Um, well, that's certainly one I would put highly, too, because I'm a huge fan of that. Um, so, But I'll instead, I will go to F-Zero X there again because I'm going to do that again. Yeah. Um, I think that's the winningest game this evening uh, yeah. so far. That, yeah. that um, The ability of that game to be four-player um, and run smoothly um, works works really well um it is a little punishing in the sense that if you fall off the level you're just done Mm -hmm. but mostly the levels are short enough that it's not a huge deal yeah 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 um i also would like to give an honorable mention here to snowboard kids too which i forgot to say but that game is um i would say the best kart racer next to mario kart on the system which maybe is ambitious but we'll i mean yeah. we'll see that that might hold up uh, depending on how much i like diddy kong racing i don't sure. know i haven't played it 
Uh, so my next, my, my silver, my gold, I'm sorry, my gold for uh, best multiplayer, obviously it's going to be Quake 2. Uh, oh, we yeah. talked about that. Yep. Yeah. I do think it has the best multiplayer, uh, shooting, uh, that we've played so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my gold is actually going to be Bust-A-Move 2. <gasps> Bust-A-Move uh, 2. Good choice. Yeah. So the Bust-A-Move franchise is, I think it's one of those under the radar, great multiplayer franchises, um, I had a video game tournament. I had it. I used it um, as one of the events in that tournament because it's just so simple to explain to people. You're like, you shoot up the bubbles, you match the colors. And I really like the puzzle game mechanics where you sort of can drop um, things on your opponent because that sort of gives them more to work with. Yeah. Um, And it's got the nice, like, billiards aesthetic, too. So, like... Unlike a lot of puzzle games, this one does take some skill mm-hmm. more than just like pattern recognition and speed. Like you need some skill as well. But it's skill. It's very intuitive skill. It it's not like knowledge skill. of secret combos or something no. like that. It's it's it, just uh, gauging angles and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the game's very fair about it too. So. It's also just a clean and pleasant game to look at. It's great. Um, and it's cute, so it really appeals to anyone. And it's good because your eyes are propped open with toothpicks, so you That's have right. to look at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good ones. Okay, uh, last category for the evening. Let's talk about the weirdest games. Uh, my bronze in this category is uh, seems kind of uncontroversial, but uh, uh, Conquer's Bad yeah. Fur Day. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll side right with you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, I mean it, it's it's hard to say it's even weird because it's made by one of the biggest studios for the N sixty four. It's a very professional, very expensive production. Uh, but just the fact that it exists at all is so weird, and the fact the way that it issues a lot of like platformer standards mm-hmm. uh in a lot of very strange ways so and and its willingness to um parody a lot of things mm-hmm. um it i mean the humor is kind of weird like there's a lot of breaking of the fourth wall and oh, things yeah. like that um which I is mean, just something the central seen. plot of the game is that the the panther king is trying to get a red squirrel to fix his table yeah his, that's it he just wants something exactly to replace that his to table replace leg a table leg like that's very monty pythony i think and, yeah uh, that's yeah. true um i will give my um my bronze here to Glover, mm. um, the platformer Glover, yeah. where you play as a glove who, I don't even remember. You're trying to transport this ball to somehow defeat a wizard. Yeah. and But the ball can turn into a crystal ball or a, a bowling ball. And uh, that was my number two, incidentally. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, I agree. It's so strange. Like, the concept is strange. The concept is kind of like uh, like a designer in his office bored and just looking at his hands and <laughs> yeah. it's like, wait a minute. Uh, but... The gameplay is very strange, and like the idea of this this physics based platformer involving you moving a ball around a stage is a very odd idea. Yeah, and yeah. not necessarily we we I think we both kind of respected Glover mm-hmm. for what it was trying to do, but we didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, but yeah. it does what it's trying to do well. It's just frustrating it and annoying. It's just not fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, oh, so yeah, I guess your Glover Glover, yeah, was, Glover number was number two. two. Um, all right, so well, let's talk about Yoshi's story. Is that your number one? No, it's, oh. this is going to be my number two. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, Yoshi's story is a. I just think Yoshi's story has kind of an odd mood to it, and I know yeah. that this got, um, you know, sort of was created from Yoshi's Island. Um, this kind of aesthetic, but it's kind of a strange psychedelic aesthetic. Yeah. And so I think that this game is just odd in the sense that it seems to have very, um, sort of 
drug-related imagery in a game that's clearly intended for kids. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't I think that, that that's anything that they're you know making an effort to do or anything like that. But Any if you want to mushrooms re- in Mario, yeah, yeah. But if you want to read it that way, you definitely could. And just like how hard this game leans into the cuteness mm-hmm. is sometimes almost a little off-putting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree. And that's you notice that didn't make my best music cut, even though I debated it just yeah. because it is. I think it is the most memorable score on the N64. Like, I think that's a song that's going to get stuck in your head once and forever. Uh, I, I just, just that initial song. Just that initial song yeah. that will get stuck in your head forever. Uh, and my number one, and this might be another one where we're renaming the category, but my number one weirdest game on the system is Starshot Space Circus oh, Fever. No, that wasn't mine. Oh, okay. So, we're not renaming the category. Yeah. Uh, man, this game is just strange in every sense. Like... I think we touched on it a little bit, but I mean the fact that you're kind of playing as a bad guy, like right? Isn't well, it kind you're of like a, bad a clown. Guy? You're like a clown for hire, Steve. You, you're a clown for hire, which sounds like <laughs> the like... most terrifying thing. Like I would much rather have an assassin. <laughs> you're a hard-boiled mercenary with a red nose. Yeah. <laughs> this is the new Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah, yes. and I mean the the fact that the game in like it, it has so little to do with anything circusy, but you do fly around in a circusy spaceship. And you're, the way the game ends with, like, everybody dying and you being left alone in a jail cell floating off in this space, I mean, it's just so weird. And maybe it makes better sense in the original French or something like that, but uh, I, I can't imagine much more sense. Yeah, um, Starshot, weirdest yeah, game. Yeah, that, that game is super weird. Um, the gameplay, though, I don't think is super weird because it's just a sort of bad 3D platformer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to give my weirdest game to Hybrid Heaven. Hybrid Heaven, good um, choice. Which is, yeah. again, kind of like Battlezone, a game that we rated pretty highly because it's confusing and we yeah. had to rate it somewhere. Um, this is an RPG slash brawler where it's like a beat-em-up, but you take turns choosing your attack. Right, um, like you can do a fist attack or a kick attack or, or something grab like that. them and suplex them, and you can level up your different body parts as you as you play. So the more attacks you do with your right leg, the stronger that gets. It also has a very bizarre sort of Metal Gear style crazy story, um, and it I, it's sort of been very traditional in that sort of weird Japanese weirdness. But there's not a lot of that on N64. No, no. So and that's. I would I would call that like good weird on the spectrum like mm-hmm. compared to yeah, that in battles like I think I think hybrid heaven falls on the more positive side of that line it's like this is weird and I don't totally get it but it's intriguing versus battle zone which is this is weird I don't totally get it and it's overwhelming yeah I was also very tempted to give this to Dual Heroes, but I did not want to award oh, Dual man, Heroes twice keep, in the I same mean, episode <laughs> That's bad weird that's yeah. way on the bad it's side definitely of bad way weird. bad weird well, that is it. That's all we got. Thanks, guys, for tuning in for our uh, little special bonus episode here. I know we're we're being a little indulgent, but uh, I don't know. You don't Probably. have to listen, guys. You don't have to. Just so turn it off right shut now. Shut your yaps. You've made it this far. God. No, I, I yeah, I, I felt like, you know, 100 games is nothing to, nothing to sniff at. And we're a little over a year into this show. You just sniffed at it. I'm Damn sorry. Dang it. I'm sorry. Damn you. Whenever someone says sniff, I just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I had a lot of fun uh, playing these 100 games. I look forward to the next what is it 196 more something like that we'll do that yeah Perfect. plus a few Sounds more like we're peppering in for fun so yeah it's tune, awesome guys tune in later in the week tune in later this week and you're we'll getting play a, something you're getting a lot of us this week uh, i'll figure out what we're playing yeah uh all right everybody thanks for tuning in see bye you. see you next hundred <laughs>